welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by the latest author in town. Someone I've got tremendous respect for, uh, a brother and a friend. He's done so well within the finance industry. He was named the youngest financial advisor in the whole country. This individual has done so well. And all his knowledge in the financial institution, he decided to put in a book. Get your money right. Wow. My brother, good to have you on the Wealth and Business Podcast. How's it going, bro? My brother, Daddy. Yes, my eye. I'm here, man. <laughs> in the building. I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm with my family, so I'm happy, man. I'm good to be on here, man. Thank you for, for having me, man. Yes, 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 yes. So you've been you've been on this podcast, you know, yeah. before, right? yeah. you know, when we before we got to episode number twenty, and we basically spoke to the audience, mm. just kind of getting people to really understand, you know, just the simple methodology around money, around wealth, yeah. around finance. Especially on that episode, we were, you know, really speaking to the ethnic minority, those who are basically spending so recklessly and not building yeah. their wealth. And a year later, the podcast is going to be two years old this month, March. And a year later, you're here with your book. First of all, how does it really feel to become an Amazon best-selling author? Yeah. What does it feel like? No, you know what, bro? You said a lot right there. First of all, like like you said, we we had a podcast before and we were talking about, you know, really going to our community. And I feel like in the last year and a bit since our last podcast, the community has moved on so much. Mm. So I just wanna I just wanna first say I'm proud of us, where we're going, what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? Not just us, but us as a community. Do you know what I mean? And I think, you know, because people like yourself, people like other financial influence, property influencers, you know, people are out here teaching people, I feel like we're taking in that information and we're not as reckless as we were before. There's still some that are reckless, but I feel like there's a been a big shift in actually wealth ownership us having a better understanding. And that's because of, you know, podcasts like this that exist to allow us to be in safe spaces where we can listen to messages that relate to us as a community. So well done on what you've done and obviously what we're all doing to try and help our community. In regards to the book, you know, and being an Amazon bestseller, it's amazing. You know, you have to think about when you think about Amazon, this is the the biggest, you know, sales platform in the world. And now you can type my name and my book comes up. Like I've got a product on there that's selling and it's, it's doing well. And, you know, out of all the books that were out, you know, that book did well. My book has done well. We're going to keep pushing it. It means a lot coming from, you know, where we've come from, the journey. You know, when you, when I think about how much I struggled with education to now be seen as an educator, mm-hmm. it's funny how you can be in one spot and, you know, maybe you're considered not the smartest and you struggle. And now, you know, through hard work, dedication, consistency, now you are the educator. Yeah. Now those come to you. I've done I've done the session in Cambridge University. Do you know how smart these young people were in the room? Like some of the cleverest minds in the whole country. But when we were talking about personal finance, they didn't know. Like because they hadn't been taught. And so even in a room like that, when it came to what I do, I was the smartest person in the room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I never thought that I would ever see Cambridge University. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I knew I didn't have the grades. So for them to invite me as a guest speaker to give their students education just goes to show that you where you are and where, the things you're going through, that's not a permanent mark on where you're going to be in life. You know, it's so important. It's it's so it's so interesting what you said right there. Like, it doesn't. It's almost like it doesn't matter where you started from, mm. but have a vision of where you're going to, and do everything possible until you actually get to you know until you actually get to that place. Exactly. You know, like. Who would have ever imagined a guy from, you know, you know, a very interesting part of, yeah. of, of East London? Yeah. You know, I remember on that episode of that podcast, we talked about how you used to talk, you know, how you used to wonder the people in Canary Wharf, you know, on the 18th floor, the 50th floor, why did they leave that light on? And you really wanted to be there. Yeah. You know, and looking backwards, this is literally less than five years now that you've been so active at yeah. what you do. Something that started out of a joke, mm-hmm. right? And you just basically be passionate about telling people about finance out of a joke. Now becoming something that it is literally knocking doors yeah. for you in the whole of England. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of go behind the inspiration. Yeah. What actually inspired you 
to say, okay, let me put all this knowledge that yeah. once upon a time I just felt like joking about finance mm-hmm. and now it's not a joke anymore. It's very, very serious. Yeah. You are on national TV week in, week out, month in, month out, advising the whole country about finance. Yeah. yeah. All right? And you are actively on social media, again, week in, week out, talking about, you know, personal yeah. finance. So your inspiration must be beyond that. So let's really drill down on the inspiration on you getting pen to paper and writing this book. You know what? I, I think I tell people it's about who you're around. Yeah. Who are you around? So... Obviously, you're my brother, but at the same time, you're one of my closest friends. Like, you know, and I see you and I know it's possible. Do you know what I mean? And and you've written multiple books and, like, you know, we all have a story. Um, and when I hear your story, it 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 reminds me so much of my own and, and the journey and the fact that you can overcome and so forth. And, and it's inspiring. And I ask people a lot of the time, people are like, E-man, how are you able to be in certain rooms or how are you able to do certain things? Yeah. And I tell them, like, are you around people that inspire you? Are you around people that actually, even their dream makes you want to dream? Like, when I think about what you want to do for people and how you want to help people get ownership and actually be able to have security and and build wealth, not just for them, but for children, for their children's children and so forth, that's a mission I want to be a part of. I want to help, I want to support, because it's big. Do you know what I mean? It's something big. It's legacy. And it's like the people that I'm around, yourself, Bianca and Byron, you know, um, Bola Soul, um, Bricks of Tips. When I talk about, you know, people that I'm around on a regular basis, talking to on a regular basis, yeah. it's, it pushed me to say, get out of your comfort zone. I remember speaking to you and I'm like, Dean, I don't really like writing. Like, you know, these are saying write a book. I'm like, I don't really like writing. I'm not really comfortable with it. And you were like, bro, like, I come from Nigeria. I come over here. English is not even my first language like that. I speak other languages, I've other cultures. I've I've been an Uber driver. I've done all this. And now I've got multiple books. And it was, you know, someone, you know when someone that you care about, somebody that their word means something to you, when they say it, it just hits you differently. Mm. Like when you said it to me, I was like, E man, if they can do it and do it well, so can you. Like, so can you. And so what happened was is that. Even after all these people saying this, sometimes I always tell people, just sow the seed. Sometimes it's not about you making somebody do something. Sometimes your job is just to sow the seed yeah. and somebody else will water it and that plant will grow, mm-hmm. you know? And you sowed the seed, Byron, Bianca, all these people kept telling me, telling me. Then I had a book agent, loves my content, saw my content on social media, it's like, oh, you're so funny. I love the way you talk about money. Have you thought about writing a book? And it was like, <laughs> Where is this coming from now? All my people around me are telling me to write a book and now somebody, a stranger to me, that can connect me to, to publishers and so forth is like, you should write a book. And it was just like, okay, let, let's try. Yeah. And so he helped me with the proposal, helped me you know, create the proposal, pitch it to, to, to publishers. And we had some publishers interested in an adventure. I went, eventually I went to HarperCollins. And for me to be in a place where not just an author, somebody paid me, like published authored by, by a publisher to actually get paid thousands of pounds to write a book when I me, mean, I struggled with education and now someone's paying me thousands to write down my, my thoughts. And I tell people, sometimes you don't understand that your experiences are setting you up to be a testimony. Mm-hmm. So the times that I was put down, the times that I was told I wasn't good enough, the times I was told, you know, the way I talked or the way I walked or my age or my skin colour or what all of these things that were a problem, all these experiences that I went through, all these times I felt lonely, rejected on my own, has led to this book. And I, I, at my book launch, I had my um, old prior, my secondary school teacher come and he said he's been teaching for almost 30 years. Do you know thousands of kids that he's taught? And he said, I'm the first to write a book. And he's so proud. And it's like, it doesn't matter your situation, where you're coming from. You can change it, but you've got to also change your, you've got to change your position. Sometimes we are trying to change, but we are in the same environment. You know that saying, it's much easier for for someone to pull you down than for you to pull somebody else up. And a lot of the time we want to change our situation 
but we're surrounded by our past. Mm-hmm. We're surrounded by the things that kept us down. Yeah. And so it becomes difficult for us to move out. Yeah. And so for me, changing my friendship groups, not that I don't, I'm not friends about, we're still friends, but I had to change my friendship groups. I had to change the things I watched, change the things that I took into my head, change how the relationship between me and my wife, me and my kids, everything had to change for where I'm going to. And I think when you are intentional with it, everything else will come. You know, from all the greatest book I've ever actually ever studied, mm. I come to realize that those that actually become successful, they do everything with intention. Yeah. So you become friends with someone, what is the intention? Mm-hmm. Um, you're speaking to someone, are you buying from them or are you selling to them? Yeah. Are you adding value or are you taking value from them? And, and you're absolutely right. Environment is everything. So I lived in this country for 20 years now, mm. probably about 20 years. I can't count the number now. But I've lived there for 20 years. I've been an entrepreneur for 22 years. And for 22 years, I was having a very, very interesting conversation with someone recently. And he said to me, Daniel, you haven't become successful because you learned something over the last six years and it worked. He said to me, you've become successful because you have failed over the past of the first 16 years Mm. of your life that is now making you becoming successful because of so many experiences that you've observed. And because you did not quit and you changed your environment, because you did not quit and you became friends with certain type of people that sowed the seeds Mm -hmm. that got watered by others, all right? That is what's changed you. Now, a lot of us are stuck in the same experiences that is not being you know, that is not leading nowhere. Exactly. Which is our past. And because there's that clout. Yeah. A lot of us are also stuck in the same environment for years and not changing. And I always say this, if you're not growing, you're basically dying. Is your environment making you a better person or is your environment transforming you to become an evil person? Mm. And until we actually learn to change our environment, we can't grow. Yeah. You just said something just now, your wife, your kids, how you've approached them over the last couple of years that your life has changed is all impacted you to become an Amazon bestseller. Yeah. And not just an Amazon bestseller, you know, God willing, you're going to be, you know, a Times bestseller and all these different, you know, accolades come into your book. And then, you know, you've given so much value of little things that people literally don't think about every single day to make their life better. Yeah. But if not for the environment I've changed, of maybe, yes, people who you got inspired by, you know, recently, or rather last couple of years, I started to think, oh, you know, when I started property, I was just managing people's property. But when my environment changed to start sitting with millionaires, mm. the idea of owning one million pound property portfolio, two million pound property kicked in. Then when I started hanging out with people who were, who had networked about 50 million pounds, to now a billion. I've, I've actually sat, I have actually interviewed someone that had a, that, that has 400 million, $400 million net worth in real estate portfolio mm-hmm. on one of the episodes. My mindset opened up. Environment. So it's so great to see how environment has led you to, yeah. to, to not just being on the fact that you've been on TV channels, you've advised the nation, yeah. but basically now all this advice you've given on national TV in the book. No, it's important. And you know what? I realised that a lot of the time we are we go through things in life and we, we know our weaknesses and we think because I'm weak, I'm not a great writer, so I won't write a book. But I really learned on this process that actually you can pay someone to help you with your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that's what the best businesses do. Like Bill Gates talks about my, my biggest skill is that I'm able to spot talent. I can find really smart people and put them in the right places in my company and let them do the work. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And he even said, I remember he even did a quote where he said, sometimes what I'll hire a lazy person because yeah. a lazy person will always find a shortcut mm-hmm. on how to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually it's about, for me, don't focus on your weaknesses. Like people at home, there might be people at home now that feel like, oh, I'm not very good at public speaking. So I'm, I can't do it. But you can write. You could write the script and then pay somebody else that's confident to go and speak it. Yeah. Let them go and speak it. Yeah. You don't have to not do anything at all. 
just because there's a weakness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or you can practice. Or you can say, I'm going to put myself in environments. I'm going to join a drama group. I'm going to join a speakers club where I go out and give a speech. And so you can, you can overcome this stuff. Like, actually, the best thing you can do is find your weaknesses and start to try and make your weaknesses your strengths. You know, even saying that just now, I remember two years ago when we started, when we started being friends. Yeah. And I said to you, bro, I just want to speak. Mm. I just want to speak. I just want to speak. I just want to I was like, Iman, what speaking gig can you hook me up with? Yeah. What speaking gig can you hook me up with? I'm a property speaker. Yeah. I speak about property and wealth. Yeah. But I'm like, I want to speak in the corporate environment now. Yeah. Because for me, I wanted to stretch myself because I understand those who are looking to build wealth, entrepreneurs, and the language you speak in the workplace environment, trying to impact people, is yeah. two different languages. You know, and I said, Iman, I want to speak, I want to speak, help me. You know, and we, we started that conversation, which is still ongoing. And fingers crossed, we're looking to the progress of that. But what I'm trying to say here is find people yeah. who can help you completely uproot the weakness inside of you. Yeah. Not, I mean, I totally agree with you in terms of you don't have to wait to, to be perfect. You can pay or you can spot the talents that can help you, you know, exactly. scale, scale your business, scale who you are. But again, it's all about you actually really prepared to say, okay, I've got this weakness. I was mm. a shy, I was, bro, I'm that kind of guy that will be in the room because of how I spoke, because again, like you said, education, I studied sociology and anthropology I never used. I'm, I was the guy that used to be at the back room. Mm. And the only thing I used to just be, the only thing I used to just care about was just me looking nice. I love looking nice. Yeah. And now as a speaker, as a coach, and as a very successful entrepreneur, that looks that I have and how I dress yes. has also now helped me in the business environment. Not only do I speak now, because of how I dress and how I come out, it helps me to always steal the show when I go into a business room. Yeah. So everything that we have surrounding us is there to position you for the greatest vision of yourself. And I'm so, so glad that, you know, you have taken the opportunity to put yourself in the space where we can obviously you know, inspire so many other people yeah. to literally take inconveniences and things that are not working for them to turn that around, put themselves in the right environment yeah. so that, you know, they should, you know, they could write a book as yeah. well, uh, you know, and advise the country as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think um, now that I've done this book, I've had so many people come to me and be like, okay, man, you inspired me now. I'm going to write my book. I've had this book idea for years, but I've never, but because I've heard your story, because... And that's what we don't understand. It's more, sometimes the book is great. Like, you know, it's great information. If you are trying to get your finance right, if you want to start investing, if you want to start building wealth, if you want to understand the foundations of how finance works, yeah. this book teaches you in a Everything. understand, easy to relate way. Yeah. But also, because people heard my story, mm -hmm. it's made people confident. Like, you know, you know the Nelson Mandela, it always seems impossible to this done. Yeah. It's like things that people thought were impossible are either right books or yeah. people that can't, people that talk like this or come from a certain background can't get a book deal or whatever it may yeah. be. It's been done now. And so now people know it's possible. And it's so important that sometimes you don't hold back because actually what's seen as a blessing for me, or I'm a, I'm blessed I've got a book, is actually not only blessing others with education, but it's also a blessing of other people with inspiration to go out and do it for themselves. Yeah. And I couldn't agree any, any less than that because the truth is, let the truth be told. Yeah. Right? Let the truth be told. The book is in every single person. Yeah. It's just depending on what your views are. Exactly. You know, it's just a bit, it's like, it's like a motorway. A motorway leads from London to Manchester. Yeah. But off that road, off that motorway, it leads to other different destinations. Yeah. So, People could have a book on, on mindset for marriage, mindset yeah. for what, I mean, you name it, there's a book in every single person. Exactly. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that, and I think sometimes also, it's not always just writing a book necessarily to make money or make millions, but sometimes if you've read a book, there's a, there's a great book called Key Person of Influence. Yeah. And it talks about writing a book and then a book almost being like your business card. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is that you write a book you send it to the, the people that you want to connect with, mm -hmm. people that you maybe want to, like you talked about speaking, you might know who, you might want to speak at an event. If you've got a book, you can send your book to the, to the, to the person that organises that event yeah. for free. I say, have a read of my book. They can read your book and be like, oh, I love what you have to say. I love, oh, now I want to invite you to speak. And now they might pay you five, 5,000, 10,000, whatever it might be to come and speak. 
And so actually your book almost goes as a business card and a better one because people can buy into your theory. Because when you write a book in something, you become an authority. Absolutely. And when you're an authority, when you're a respected figure, when people read your book and say, oh, actually, you're making sense. And actually, I agree with what you have to say. And I like your philosophy. Now people pay you to explain or tell that philosophy to others. And so now it becomes a stream of income. So for me, what's really important is if people are talking, if you're thinking about how do I grow my network, a great way to start a conversation is, oh, I'm, a, I'm an author. I wrote this book called XYZ and it's been able to help people do XYZ. And that's a great way to just open up a conversation Absolutely. to anybody. So it's a great marketing tool and a great business card for, for you and for you to help you grow. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about a few chapter. On chapter... Yeah. On, on chapter number two, you, you spoke about the financial education here in the UK. Yes. And this is quite a very interesting topic yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'm a speaker as an expert. And one of the things, we, you know, within a speaker's industry, you will hear, you know, especially world creators will talk a thousand at one time that, oh, you know, the world system, school system never teaches you actually how to, you know, to, to literally leverage on exactly. the financial system yeah. because we're being told good debt and bad debt yeah. and we're being told how to get into bad debt rather than how to get into good debt. Yeah. So I just wanted to, you know, to kind of, what gave you the inspiration of, you know, writing that chapter and what made you as well to call it chapter number two because it's very at the beginning of your, of your, yeah, of your, but, of your book. Yeah. I feel like for me, before we can get into the, the theory and everything like that, we have to understand where we're at and the importance of why everything I'm going to tell you after this point, it's so important for you to learn because actually you should know a lot of this stuff already. By the time you're 18, 19, 20, a lot of the things in this book you should already know. The problem is, is because we're not taught at school, we have to learn from mistakes. And so you spend the first, the first 20 years of your life, maybe even 30 years of yeah. your life, learning from mistakes, from things that someone could have told you and you could have avoided. So for me, it was really important to get... Get, and also for us to understand, nobody's coming to save us. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, we'll learn in school or somebody's going to teach my child. No, you pick up this book, you learn the information, and then you go and teach, put it on yourself. We put too much pressure on teachers. And so, like, a teacher's teaching a class of 25, 30 students. It's impossible. And they've got maybe an hour per, per session. It's impossible for them to make sure every single child is really involved and really engaged and yeah. really learning. So it's important for you, especially as a parent, for you to take ownership and say, I'm going to learn it and give it. I'm going to learn as an adult. I'm going to learn and make sure I can give this back to my family. And so, so for me, that's why this book, it was important for me to start off early in, in chapter two and just talk about the fact financial education in the UK should be taught and I'm going to fight for it to be taught. But if they don't, if they decide that they're not going to teach it, we have to learn that for ourselves. Absolutely. Now, let's break this financial, you know, okay. Mm. However, UK is a financial economy. I mean, one of the worst, best financial institutions, you know, originates from here, the UK. Yeah. Now, we would have assumed that people will understand the part of leveraging the institutions and yeah. leveraging them even to create more wealth. In fact, the UK should be one of the most wealthiest nations because we're the best. Yeah. You know, you know, the UK owns the best financial institution, but yet the UK is one of the most countries that people are so afraid of money. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, people are afraid of people are so afraid of good debt, and mm. people are actively getting themselves in bad debt. And you spoke about all of this yeah. in your chapter, you know, number two, in your, you know, in your chapter number two, which is you know, the financial institutions. Yeah. Now let's break this down. Whilst you got the inspiration of writing this chapter, what was your mindset like? What was your mindset telling you that the fact that, yes, every, every you know, this should be taught in school, but it's not. Mm. You know, people should understand the difference of good debt and bad debt, which Robert Kesaki also talks about a lot. But yes, people consider seeking debt. You know, you, you even went down into speaking about a, a particular guy who travels to Dubai you know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and all of that. So what was your, what was your really, you know, inspiration? I guess my inspiration was to really try and empower people. Mm. Like, cause I feel like I, nobody told us this stuff when I was younger. And if I would have known, I would have made better decisions. So it was really important for me to make sure that we're out here showing people 
Like, you know, that debt is not necessarily something you have to run from. It's not something you have to avoid. It's something that is a tool that you can use to get where you want to be. And so one of the big, big things for us is, you know, we want to buy a house and we want to, if we do buy a house, we want to pay off our mortgage and so forth. And, and, I, and I totally understand why that would be important to people. But when you really understand money and your objectives, you understand that there are other ways. You know, they say there's more than one way to skin a cat. And it's yeah. like, actually, for a lot of us, because the financial education doesn't exist, we don't know more than what our parents have told us. And our parents only knew the very little because they were only told very a very small amount as well. So for me, it's about using my platform to really teach and educate and encourage people that there's more out there than just what you heard. And so with the with the whole, when it comes to debt, good debt, bad debt, for me, it's really important for people to understand the importance of leverage, yes. the importance of their credit score and why we talk about credit and, and why credit is really important. Once you understand these types of things, it's life-changing. It's absolutely life-changing and it, it can take you to a different space. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people want to get into real estate, for example, which is also something you spoke about. And again, referring back to job number two here. So a lot of people want to get into real estate. Now, people want to get into real estate because they want to own where they live. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong in owning where you live. But I've read many books and it, and, I, and I follow people like the likes of, you know, you know, Warren Buffett, Grant Cardone, and all these different people, even Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. Kiyosaki himself says, don't own where you live, but build, you know, yeah. investment properties that will obviously pay for where you live and eventually, yeah. you know, buy where you live later, but build your work first. Yeah. And in one of the chapters, you spoke about that, that people wouldn't do that, but rather people would maybe, you know, straight out to Dubai, go on holiday, come yeah. back to reality, broke, and like, oh, you know, suffering to pay the enjoyment that it has, yeah. you know, like a year later. Exactly. Instead of actually doing the appropriate stuff that can actually be used as a great leverage for wealth creation. Yeah. You know? So how can people, you know, how can we wake up people from that core? Like, yes, it's good to have a good holiday, it's good to want to own where you live, but how about you start to build a future? How about you start to secure your financial future and passing on that strong legacy yeah. that you don't have to? Because if you, if you, the moment, the more we worry about money, the less creative we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The less we worry about money, the more productive and creative we become. So, and you, you, you know, and your book really drilled that in this. Yeah, I think for me, like, I just want people to, we are so. It can be. It can be. It can be something scary because mm. you've never done it before. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so, what you do is what you're comfortable. With. Everyone you know is renting, so you rent. Everybody you know drives a nice car, exactly. so you buy a nice car. Everyone you know wants to get a nice watch, you get a nice watch. Everyone else goes to Dubai or you know Hong Kong or wherever it is wherever. Around, around the world, <laughs> Miami, like Dominican Republic. You see all the time on social media. So this is what you know. So these are the things that you know to do because these are the things that get you recognition where a lot of the time on social media because we are we are actually probably meeting our friends less and less in, in person and we're more and more connected with people online that maybe you've never even met in, in real life, but you care about what they have to say about you. So you care if you post something. Like I know people, if they post something and they don't get a certain amount of comments or likes, they delete it and then they'll wait and post again. And it's like, actually, this is not currency. This is, this is, like, why is this so important to you? Why are why are the opinions of people that you do not know, that you may never meet, so important to you that you are making financial decisions based on it? Yeah. And actually, what I wanted this book to really highlight and encourage people is to, to see beyond what they're being told. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the system is designed for us to be consumers. Mm -hmm. And what I want us to be is owners. I want us to own, not just own assets, but start to own our lives. Yeah. For a lot of us, we don't own our lives. Somebody tells us when to go to bed, when to wake up, what train we've got to get, what we're, we, we are told where to be every single day. Yeah. When you come home, even maybe your missus or your kids telling you this, I need this, I need that. By the time you put your head to bed, close your eyes, ding, ding, the alarm's gone, you've got back up. You're got, and it's like, actually, when you now have ownership, maybe that those rental properties give you an income that you say, Oh, I can. I only have to work part time, three days a week. Maybe I'll find a job that I actually like. I'm not saying people have to stop working, but 
what I'm saying is, is that work on your own terms. If you if you know that you want to work in a in a in a charity shop, but or but it's the the pay is too low, go and create income streams from the job that pays you what you need. Make the income streams, build them up, and then go do the job you really like. Yeah. Like start to see work as a tool. Like I think we, a lot of us are in this full sense of oh, I'm employed, I've got a job. But a job is somebody else's dream. Like, you have a dream for yourself. And so for me, it's about us getting to a point of what do we actually want out of life? But how can we know that? How many of us have a plan? How many people are, for me, I know I'm working to a plan. Do you, I know we're always talking about, this is the plan, this is my five-year plan, my 10-year plan, these are the plans for my kids, these are just... And obviously life happens so things can change. But you have a plan. A lot of people don't have a plan for their lives. So how do they know that, that it's going well or not? You know, talking about people not having plan, I think you're very, very right because uh, over the years now, if you know, I've been fortunate to have you know trained at least over a thousand people, mm-hmm. you know, online and in person, and I've had several conversations, and I came to really realize that it's like we are just going, we are just going, mm-hmm. and we keep going, we keep, but we're going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I came to just realize and. And what made me realize, because once upon a time, when I lost everything as an Uber driver, when I lost everything in my oil and gas business and I became an Uber driver, I did fell in that trap for a couple yeah. of years where when I started driving Uber, I wake up, well, I mean, I was driving 18 hours. So the day I'm fortunate enough to wow. wake up in the house in the morning and then, you know, go out for early morning rides that day, I just wake up and then just drive. And I just drive, 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 drive. And there was, there was no direction. So... It was just, okay, you go out, I drive, I make 300 pounds if I'm lucky. The day, the day that's not busy, I make 150 pounds and I come back home and then I have a cup of coffee wow. and I relax, and, you know, watch a bit of telly. And that was life. Yes. My brain wasn't thinking. So the brain, mm-hmm. what the brain was only thinking about was just go out, drive, yeah. you know, listen to LBC radio and have a little of bit of course, fun. Of course. And that was just it. And which is really like the biggest part of comfort zone yeah. that has actually completely, for me, I think it has actually affected the most financial power nation yeah. in terms of we have the biggest financial institution, as I mentioned, but yet we don't understand how to use the tool that we have as our biggest part of leverage to create yeah. a little more wealth. Look at America, for example. In America, I've had a lot of American entrepreneurs on this podcast. When you talk about, when you talk to the American uh, uh, you know, you know, entrepreneurs, they talk about millions, billions, you know, a lot of the ones I've spoken to, by the way, you know, even on this podcast. But in the UK, when you talk about millions, you know, you can't even mention the word B because mm. it, it just becomes like, who are you looking for in life? Yeah. There's always, there's that instant, why are you trying to, why are you trying to, why are you trying to do that? Why are you trying to be rich? Why are you trying yeah. to be successful? But yet we have the biggest institution financially that enables you to really, really leverage if you understand how to leverage. Yeah. And it's almost like a setback. Yeah. I think, well, I think it's also the mindset, right? I think in the UK, the UK is, is, you know, trying to be inclusive and, you know, everybody's the same and equal rights and so forth. So you're almost, they're almost embarrassed to make money. You, I've seen people like, for example, I, I was speaking to someone the other day and he was like, he bought Yeezys, like Carnage trainers. Yeah. But then when he was around his friends, he told them that they were fake, even though they were real. Yeah. Because he was embarrassed to tell them that he spent so much money on trainers. And it's like, that's how we are. You know what I mean? We, we, we play yourself down, trying to be like humble and trying not to look like, you know what I mean? Everyone says they're, they're, they're working class or they're, you know, maximum they'll say is they're middle class. No one says they're upper class or they're rich or whatever. And actually... I feel like it hurts because we don't have an abundance mindset. Like when I sit down, I look at my, I look at a lot, I do a lot of TV and I'm probably one of the few people on television that isn't just telling people to cut, cut, cut. All they want to tell you is cut this, cut that. Oh, by the way, stop drinking like orange juice. Don't drink Tropicana. Drink the store orange juice, the one that's just in the, in the orange <laughs> carton that just says orange juice, yeah. nothing else on it. Do you know what I mean? And that's going to change your life. Do you know what I mean? Or, or you know, sit in the darkness for 10 hours of the day or don't put your heat in and risking your life. Like, actually, I tell people on television, yes, you can. You need to be more frugal, but also you need to up your income. Like, nobody's talking about the fact that actually 
can I generate more money? Is, are there ways for me to legally generate more money to help my situation? Because a lot of people say, I hate budgeting, I hate budgeting. No, you hate being broke. And a budget reminds you that you're broke. That's the part that you hate. Because guess what? When I'm around rich people, rich people do not mind budgeting because there's surplus. It's only people that are struggling. They don't, you don't want to see the truth. But sometimes, what's the saying? The truth will set you free. Sometimes you need to see that you're broke. You need to see, because we're living a lie. The amount of people that are living in their overdrafts, pretending it's their money. The amount of people that go from credit card and then you build on a credit card, then you do balance transfer, and then, and then you're paying minimum payment on all this debt. Some people have OO deposits. I've seen the client that 40, 50,000 pounds on credit cards and they're renting. Imagine if they met you. Something you some, imagine if they met you. That same 40, 50,000 they had, a, by now they would have three, four properties bringing in income, paying for themselves. They would have, they would have paid off the debt long term. Yeah. And so the point is, is knowledge is power. And without books like what we're doing, without putting the knowledge out there, yeah. people are ending up staying in a position of low, mm -hmm. a position where they feel like, oh no, my parents were working class, so it's okay, or my parents were poor, so it's okay for me to be poor. And actually, you can build. You don't have to stay in that situation. You know, you don't have to stay there. And and so education is vital. You know, saying that, to be honest, I just wanted to quickly dig into something that was just bothering me in my head. Mm. You know, whilst you were saying all of this, because we're being taught to just stay down, stay down, stay down. And I'm a Christian, by yeah. the way, and I go to church and I believe in God. God mm. put me where I am, Amen. right? God put me where I am. And part of the process, how I think, and I know that God put me where I am, and for my mission, my mission is very yeah. simple. Bring financial awareness and wealth creation to my people. Yeah. Whether black, whether white, whether Asian, everyone is my people. Exactly. But I want to talk about our people, our people meaning black. Yeah. When you look at the food chain, when you look at the wealth creation analysis that was released in 2020 when i saw that when i saw that statistic yeah. black we were the poorest mm. we were black people in this country when it comes to property ownership yeah. you know a transfer of legacy we were literally black people in this country we were literally like nowhere to write about yeah but yet blacks are the most consumed, you know, black people consume a lot of designer stuff. Yeah. Especially the middle class. Mm -hmm. The moment a middle class person starts to make a lot of money in this country, it's all about having that big African Nigerian party. Yeah. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> you know, they have that big, you know, I'll give an example. There was a, there was someone I know, you know, it's quite a close person that I know. This individual basically turned 50 years old. Mm -hmm. They live in a council flat. Uh, they have two children mm -hmm. and the two children are about the age of 17 mm -hmm. and they stay in a bunk bed because I've been to their house. Wow. There's a bunk bed that they live in. They live in a two-bedroom two flat. Wow. Yeah, about three-bedroom flat. No, actually, two-bedroom flat. Sorry, not three. Three-bedroom flat. One of the rooms, the children live on a bunk bed and they celebrated a, a, a party and then the party cost them about almost over 20,000 pounds. Wow. And I'm like, what is the mindset around this? You look at where you live. You're spending over twenty thousand pounds for a party. Yeah, I get it. You, you've, 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 you, 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 you've, you've clocked a certain age. And this is so common. Then the next one is the church. Yeah, right. The church. A lot of a lot of us go to the church. All right. This is us talking about getting money, right? By yeah. the way. All right. So because sometimes I can be very contradicting. Uh, the church as well, right? We go to God to pray for God to give us money. But for me, I've come to realize that God don't give you money. What God gives you is wisdom to create. Yeah. What God gives you is the ability yeah. to think. And when you think and you create and you have the works of your hands, he blesses it yeah. and gives you the opportunity to double it. Yeah. But yet you have people say, God, give me money. God, give me money. God, give me money. And we go to church and to the pastor for financial advice. Yeah. We want to buy a mortgage. I'm talking about black people now. Yeah. We go to the pastor to tell us how to buy a house. Mm. When you should be speaking to the financial advisor, when people should be coming to speak to you, pay your fees and teach you how to get your money right. So what are you, what are your thoughts and 
how do you think we need to start to change this and start to make people to understand like listen it is a wake up call get your money right this is not a sin to, it is it is not a sin to be wealthy it is about time that we reverse yeah. that data that shows that us black people are very poor i, I was a noble driver by the way for two yeah. years i lived in this country now for 20 plus years right yeah. Until I started to do well in my business, I never really met successful black man that can tell me I'm successful. Look at me in my yeah. two eyes and say, I am successful. How do we start to literally help us, especially the ethnic minority, to make a new way of changing ourselves? Yeah, it's, there's so much. There's so much. Like, it's really important, I think, we have to start trusting one another in our community yeah, to do business with one another. We also have to we have to operate in a place of integrity. Mm. So if you say you can do something, make sure you do it and deliver it well. That's really important. If you can't do it, say you can't do it. Be open and honest. Um, have that open and honesty with one another. Um, I just feel like also take people along for the ride. Like there are rooms that you there's events that you've gone to and you've been like, even I'm going to, I'm going to this event. Come along, and I'll be like, oh maybe I'm tired or I don't want you to be like, bro. I wouldn't, I need you, you're gonna go, gonna benefit from it. And now I don't even argue. If you say, oh, Iman, come, I know that whatever's in that room is gonna benefit. Mm. I know it's for my benefit because I have, you have to have people around you that you know have your best interests at heart. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, it's, it's, it's so important that we change the culture bit by bit. But also we have to all start saying to ourselves, uh, what are we doing with our money? Where are we spending it? Like you, where we, from as long as I've seen you the last two, three years, you wear your own brands, you wear your own, own jumpers, your own stuff. It's important. It brings value to it. It also, it also you're basically telling people, I value my business. I value what I create. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of the time we spend our lives wearing other people's brands and valuing their brands and then people then want to buy their brands and we're, we're walking advertisements or making other people money. But our, our, is money going back into our community? In other communities, the money goes back not once, not twice, sometimes seven, eight times the money will pass through that community before it leaves. With ours, it doesn't even get around once before it leaves. And this is the things that we need to change. Why you were actually even saying that? I know Afrobeat is trying to take over now. You know, mm-hmm. you go to a white club, Asian club, any kind of club. Yeah, anything. You hear people listen to Afrobeat now. Yeah, we're there. You know... <laughs> I mean, I, I love restaurants. Yeah. You know, if there's one thing that I spend my money on, I love to be in a good restaurant, in a good bar. Yeah. And I don't go clubs like that, but good bar, good restaurants. And African food is obviously coming up, up the food chain yeah. as well. So the reason why I'm trying to go from this angle is basically you said we, we don't keep the money. You know, I've never, you know, this podcast is quite an interesting one. So I'm sure people are going to be like, Wait, well, where's this going? <laughs> you know, but the fact is, I never seen a Chinese man on yeah. a jello fries. Facts. I never seen an Indian person order pandadiam. But we take our money all the time to eat. I mean, we're one of the highest consumer of, of, of Chinese fried rice. Yeah. We're one of the highest consumer of Indian curry. I can't imagine that. And this is one of the reasons why way back of where I come from in Nigeria today, we are the largest crude producing nation, all right, in Africa. Well, 16th in OPEC. But yet, we don't own a refinery. Um, right? Not just that, Ghana is the largest producer of cocoa. Yeah. And also, guess what? what? Ghana consumes the highest number of foreign chocolates. Wow. But yet we can't produce it. So <laughs> what how how deep do we need to literally preach this financial literacy is my question. I think what you also have to understand that <laughs> there's a lot of corruption, right? So a lot of the time <clears throat> a lot of these things are happening because somebody's taking a backhand, someone's getting paid to make sure these things happen. I think what we have to do is that we have to make sure that we understand that, you know, I understand my money, I'm, I'm, I'm looking after that money. That money is not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to my generation. It belongs to, do you know what I mean? I've got, I'm accountable 
Oh, it's God that has given me the gift to be able to even be able to make money the way I do. So I, I'm going to be judged on how I use my money, how I use my mind, how I, how I lived my life. And so for me, wealth in itself is how I serve my God in regards to, you know, building wealth, helping people, because I focus on value. I know if I add value, money will come. I think for a lot of us, we, we want the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have to do the farming and have to, you know, plant seeds and water them and come back and make sure the, the sun is shining and kill the weeds and chase the, chase the foxes and all of that to make sure they don't mess the crops. We don't want all that. We just want to be able to go and pick up whatever you want and go. And, and that is what you call trying to reap where you haven't sown. And for a lot of us, that's what we do. We want to reap what we haven't sown. And it's, it's, it's important to understand that even if you reap where you haven't sown, the likelihood is the fruits that you reap won't last. They'll be spoiled. They haven't, they haven't been developed or grown properly. And so it's really important to do the right things and let nature take its course. And then you'll definitely make sure that you reap what you sow. Wow, 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 wow. Iman, it's been so powerful to have you again, you know, on this podcast. So just before we kind of wrap up, you know, a few things I just wanted to kind of touch base on. So how important should, you know, especially, you know, wealth creation, money mindset, getting our money right. Yeah. And some of us are still wondering, what is get your money right? What does wealth mindset look like? You know, and you see people have parties, all right? And they splash this money, but yeah. yet they don't actually... I mean, we love, we love certificates and we love degrees, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, some, there's a quote I always love to share, which is from Jim Ron. He says, um, it's self-education will make you a fortune, yes. all right? Self-education meaning making you a fortune means that you have to develop yourself, mm-hmm. all right? While formal education will make you a living. Yes, of right? course. So how... And what should we say to those who are listening right now that they should go and make a fortune rather than just you know, making a living? Yeah, I think it's really important to understand what skills you have and if you can monetize your passions. But I think also it's important, it's important not to just rely on one income stream. They say the average millionaire has seven income streams. So if you know a millionaire has seven, why do you only have one? Why do you only get paid 12 times out of 365 days in a year? Mm-hmm. Let's try and try and look at how can you build those income streams? How can you bring more to yourself? How, I always ask people, how much does it cost to be you? Do you know what, how much you need to make on a monthly basis in order to maintain your lifestyle? Once you know that, and if you make anything above that, you can save it. If you make anything below that, you know that you're going to have to make changes. It's important to know these pieces of information. Yeah. So for me, it's about actually, what do you want out of life? Understand that this journey is personal. So... For some clients that I meet, £2,000 a month is enough. For others, they need 10. And that's fine because what they want to do is different levels and what they want to do is different. But both have peace. And that's what I want people to have. I want people to have peace of mind. Like, you know, Warren Buffett says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you'll have to work till you die. And for a lot of us, we're signing a contract to work till we die. And that's not what I'm here for. That's not what you're here for. We want you to rip that contract up you know, and not have to work till you die. But what changes are you prepared to make so that your money can start to work for you? Because all we do is work for money. And when you can start to make your money work for you and put it in places where it's making you money without you having to work for it, that's how you change your life. Wow. Iman, it's been a great pleasure to having you on the Wealth and Business Podcast. So right now your book is out. Yes. It's out for grabs. So um, just going to share one reason why anyone right now needs to go and obviously give so much value. I don't yeah. need to ask that question, but I think I should because sometimes people need to be told what to do. Yeah. Give the people one reason why this book should be a book that is not to be missed as a value transformation in their life so they can get the money right. Like for me, it's, it, it says it in the name, but it's about getting your money right. A lot of people are making money and a lot of people are making financial decisions, but are you making the right decisions? So for me, this book either gives you confirmation that you're doing the right stuff and will show you some things that you don't know because there are things that you haven't been taught and I've learned over my 15-year career that's in here. But for other people, it'll be like, actually, okay, I need to start implementing this stuff. 
And for me, this is a guide. This is not all just read it once, cover to cover, and put it away. When you want to go and buy a house, there's there's a chapter on that. If you're in debt, there's a chapter on that. If you want work pays pension, don't know what to do with your work pension, there's a chapter on that. This book can you can go back to it time and time again, depending on where you are on your journey, on your financial journey. And that's why I feel like everybody needs one of these. Fantastic. Now, where can they get this book? So the book is on available on Amazon. So you can put in either Get Your Money Right or put in Emmanuel Suko in the search box and the book will come up. Fantastic. Are you doing any speaking gigs right now, live events to promote the book? So we've got a book signing this this Saturday, um, but obviously it might just be too short notice for a lot of people. So what we are going to be doing, there'll be other events coming up and also what we're going to do is arrange so that people can order signed copies online as well. If you want to get a signed copy from me, um, we can do that as well. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, what, we, what we've also done here at the Property Wealth Network and, and Property Wealth Education is I run multiple events every now and then and you, you've, you've, you've been always around. Yeah. So the last event we just had concluded yeah. and a lot of people actually brought your, the sign, um, brought the copy of the book that they bought on Amazon yeah. and to get it signed in that live event where yeah. you were present. Exactly. You know, so guys, make sure you you grab a book, myself and your man, for those of you who are listening to this book, you know, we just don't want you to have a book on your shelf. We yeah. want you to have a book that is also signed, uh, on, on you know, signed on the, um, the book is signed by Iman himself, yeah. you know, to you specifically so that you can literally get that money right. Exactly. And as well as, you know, something I've also been doing as a support for my brother, for every single person that goes out there to grab a copy of Iman's book, what I'm doing is to give a copy of my book away. So regardless of any time you've listened to this book, as long as you can evidence a copy of Iman's book, I will be giving you guys a free copy of this book. But to get a free copy of this book, um, there will be a link you need to fill in, you know, to provide your email address, a telephone number, so that you can we can obviously keep you up to date with, you know, my multiple books that are coming out, especially this year and the year coming. So guys... Grab a copy of Iman's book and get a copy of my book. Basically, the book I wrote here is basically teaches you how to get into property with little or no money. This is exactly how my career started just about six years ago. And today I've built a net worth of over seven million pounds. And it just started like a dream. Oh, <laughs> you know? So grab a copy of Iman's book, guys, and obviously get a copy of my book anytime, any day. And this promotion is on for the next three months. Just to support my brother. Iman. No, thank you, D. I appreciate it. You know, like, people, I tell you, like, make sure you got the right people around you. Like, one, once I told Daniel I've got a book coming out, it's like, we've got a plan. You've got, you got to do events, you've got to do talk, you've got to come on the podcast, you've got to promote. Like, he took it like, you're doing a book, I'm doing a book. Everything I would do if I was putting my book out is what I, you're going to do. And it means the world to me. Like, God, I just thank God for your life and all that you're doing and all the people that you're touching and motivating and pushing and it's an honour to be able to call your brother and um, yeah man I look forward to keep working with you in the future man fantastic guys we'll see you on the next episode take care and have a fantastic day see you later